0: I'm Stephen Adams. This is Down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. Welcome to Down to Doug. we am your host Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, featured on Dash Radio at five o'clock Central Time. With me today is good for Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What up, Andrew? It's Week one. <laughs> Week one of the post-apocalyptic thunder. I just can't believe it, man. It's just so crazy. I mean, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about what Alec Burks could do for this team. And now we are in, like, and I know, like, the, the team would like to say that they are not in a rebuild yet. But they're in a rebuild. Like, let's, let's get real.
1: I don't know, man.
0: Everyone seems to think we have a great shot at making the playoffs. I just don't even think that's true. Even with the team they have, like I know people say that, but like who are they making the playoffs over? You know uh, what I mean?
1: I don't know. It, well, maybe later we should just briefly go over some of the over-unders that just came out. Yeah, we could do that. Because some, some of those were surprising to me. But, hey, I think we should start it off by stating what – big idiots we are okay because we've we've watched russell westbrook now for over a decade yeah nothing about his career has been simple nothing has been black and white right. everything has been divisive everything has been loud and yet for like a full week all we were talking about is him going to miami which would have been like the
0: simplest solution
1: it would have been like whatever
0: I think all Thunder fans would have been excited. It would have been, like, nice. You'd see, like, the Miami Vice Westbrook jerseys all over Oklahoma City. Oh,
1: that's cool. Oh, neat. Neat. Russ is playing with Jimmy Butler in Miami. Oh, good for him down in South Beach. Yeah. But, of course, it was was never going to be like that. Of course, it had to be loud and disruptive and just (laughs) ruin lives. (laughs) Just drive everyone insane. So, of course, this wasn't going to be simple. And we should have seen this coming. I can't believe we didn't. And now we're, we're living with just picking up the pieces.
0: Well, I just didn't think that that would be something the Rockets would actually do. You know, with as much Westbrook hate as there has been from not only their fan base, but their management. Yeah. Like, yep. That's, I mean, what, like, what, what makes you think that they would want Russell Westbrook? And Kevin O'Connor said... On his podcast, that you know, there may have been a trade request from James Harden if Chris Paul wasn't gone. And so, like, there's obviously a lot more going on there, and there's more turmoil within the organization since our man Tillman has taken over down there. Which, and we talk about this, everybody talks about this. One of the most important things when it comes to long term sustainability for a, a franchise. Like, the number one thing is the owner.
1: And their owner just uh, published a book called Shut Up and Listen.
0: <laughs> Tillman's crazy. I mean, he if I were a Rockets fan, one, I'd be pretty excited about my team. Two, I'd be super-duper concerned about my owner and what yeah, he's it- going to do.
1: It's weird, those owners that you know way too much about, and you're not even a fan of the team. Now I know that I'm in a unique, unique position where I'm seeking out this information, but I do feel like Tillman has just been like out in front of us. Like I know nothing about Clay Bennett, if I'm being honest. Like I don't yeah. I know next to nothing about that man. Yeah, And I know so much about Tillman for I know that his son works for the Rockets, that he like has a pretty high position in the Rockets. I know that he wrote this book. He talks all the time. He just got fined twenty five grand for talking. He owns
0: the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. Oh, really? I actually didn't know that. He does, and apparently, when he took over the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company beforehand, before he bought it, the employees got a free meal. After that, they got a five dollar deduction per week for, for a free for a meal, and made them think it was free. But then later found out. That wow. Tillman was taking five dollars from each Whoa. employee. Oh
1: Tillman, yep. dude, that's messed up. No wonder he doesn't want to pay the tax. That's the kind of guy we're talking about. <laughs> well, that's—I mean—that's honestly one of the things I like most about this trade is that you're putting the value of these picks in Tillman's hands.
0: That's and, for uh, real. I mean, that is for real because, I mean, I—I would be very surprised if they won the title in the next two years. Do you think that Tillman's just going to sit back and be like, okay, let's just keep going? Like, Daryl's job is probably not crazy safe if they don't win a title because he probably looks back and thinks, we got Russell Westbrook and James Harden. We should win the NBA title. Like I I mean, that could be the case where in, like, two years, Maury's gone, D'Antoni's gone, and, heck, even when, when does uh, James Harden's contract come up?
1: Oh man, I don't even know. Is is he on the same timeline as uh,
0: Russ? I don't. I don't know. Is my official answer on the podcast? All right. Well, I'll find out for you while you're talking. Okay. But the truth is, like, we just don't know what the future of the Rockets holds, and a lot of it is on shaky ground because of Tillman Fertitta. And he may straighten out and figure things out. That's that could be the case. And in several years, they've you know found a way to put more talent around James Harden, and they can just continue. But now looking at the ownership group, looking at the team, having those picks is maybe a little bit more valuable than what people think.
1: Uh, so, yes, his contract runs the same amount of years as Russ. He also has a player option in twenty two, twenty three. 23 His is for also for $47 million. <laughs> So they have two player options totaling uh, $94 million yeah. in 2022-23.
0: They hit the salary. They about to hit the salary floor with just those two. Yeah. <laughs> like wow. No, no joke. Oh, that's crazy. But I mean, it's yeah. It's probably worth the gamble at this point because, like, if you're the Rockets, what else are you supposed to do? And as Thunder yeah. fans, we know that you know Russ has been much maligned, but we know that he br- still brings a lot to the table.
1: Yeah, and talking about you know. For Tita is like, whoa, we have Russ and Harden. We, we must be really good. I do think that this move raised the expectations for the casual Rockets fan. Like, I think we surround ourselves with all the Rockets fans who are kind of like us and looking at both sides of the issue. But I mean, if you're just like a casual Rockets fan, you hear that your team just traded for Russell Westbrook. You're probably thinking, oh, we have a super team now. Yeah. We're, we're one of the best teams in the league. So yeah. I actually do think they go into next season with a lot higher expectations, but especially because they kept everyone. You know, the going into this summer, it was all about oh, we're going to trade everyone except James Harden. So,
0: yeah, I do think they have a lot of internal expectations. It's the same with what the Thunder were the past couple of years, with acquiring oh, yeah. Paul George and keeping Paul George. It was like, okay, it's Conference Finals, baby. Here we go. And then you yeah, you could say the one. same
1: thing for Melo. Yeah. Like, like look at these names
0: we already won the games we have the names i remember those three walking through the hall together on media day and just standing there watching them you're like wow like i cannot believe this and then we said the exact same thing as they lost in utah in the first round wow i can't believe this (laughs) you know i mean it's crazy and in this west You are not guaranteed anything. You're not guaranteed a playoff spot. You're not guaranteed round one wins. Because, I mean, the West, like, things have flattened out. But the West is probably stronger than it was. The Nuggets are really, really good. And people aren't going to give them the credit because they don't have the superstar. But they have more depth than just about anybody. Especially now that they acquired Jeremy Grant and didn't give up any players to do it.
1: I was looking. I'm already thinking about ranking the teams, and I'm definitely, I've got my eye on the Nuggets. But yeah, talking about expectations, I mean, you look at these teams for next year. Like, I'm just, I'm just going to list off some teams Denver, Houston, Utah, Clippers. There's four. Mm-hmm. Those are all teams that expect to make the second round of the playoffs, and only four do. Right. And I haven't listed the Lakers. Yeah, the Lakers for sure feel like they're going to
0: make the second round.
1: Right. And I haven't listed Portland, who made the Western Conference Finals last year. I haven't yep. listed Golden State, who might have a healthy Klay Thompson back by then. And that's, the, that's of course, I'm just ignoring the Spurs, of course. Cause that's what we do. Yeah. And that doesn't even take into account teams like Sacramento, who their over-under was shocking to me. It was 35-and-a-half, I think.
0: Hmm. New Orleans,
1: even. Like, yeah, New like Orleans. What do they do? They've they've got a stacked team, but but of those of those top teams, like there's going to be so much disappointment come playoff time.
0: Yeah, like at the Nugget, like you're right. No, some some combination of teams. There's going to be two or three of these teams that just don't make the second round. Nuggets, Blazers, Jazz. I mean, I don't think the Clippers will, but the Clippers could. I, no one thought the Thunder would, but they did. You know, the Lakers, Houston. Some of those teams are going to go out in round one. And it's going to be so disappointing, just like the Thunder have felt. Like, that's it's going to happen. And you list those teams like, oh, no, like those are teams that have a chance to make the conference finals. But what, did I just list six teams? Yeah. And we have
1: picks, like good picks for two of them going forward. Mm -hmm. And that's why, like, You know, I'm trying to figure out who I'm gonna root for next year other than OKC. Like what scenario would work out best for OKC? And and I think it's Denver. I think Denver Mm -hmm. is the team. I I still get to root for Jeremy Grant because Houston and especially the Clippers, like the Clippers, if they don't win in the next two years, who knows what happens? Like we I'm just rooting for them to not win a ring.
0: That's like all I gotta do. And I feel like that opens a lot of doors. Or maybe we're Root for them to win a ring so that Kawhi will leave and go find right. his next challenge.
1: Yes, perhaps that's what I need to be doing. And then <laughs> same thing with Houston, you know. If if they don't win a ring the next two years, who knows what could happen there. Um, meanwhile, we just get we just need Denver's pick to be, you know, after twenty, which it will be. Yeah. So yeah, I'm fine with rooting for Denver. I guess I could root for the Blazers. I do live here.
0: <laughs> you want to be a big Hassan Whiteside guy?
1: Yeah. What if that was my first NBA jersey? Hassan <laughs> uh, Whiteside Portland jersey.
0: Oh, That would be good. Ugh. I'd be very excited um, about that.
1: <laughs> all right. Do you want to hear my top five reasons I hate the Rush trade?
0: I do. I very much do, and I'm a little scared. But yes. Before like, we do, before we do that, uh, we should. Yeah. We should talk about <laughs> two things that I love. Food. Food from the Banquet Cinema Pub. And
1: movies.
0: <laughs> and movies. Nailed it. It is the coolest movie theater in Oklahoma City and it's not even close. One because they have a really cool restaurant outside. Two, you could eat good food including really great pizza, really fresh salads, nachos. It's it's unreal. They have puppy chow as as well as popcorn that you can take in there if you're just looking for something snacky. So go to the Bank of Cinema Pub see a movie. Also, just go there to hang out and have dinner or have brunch on Saturdays. Their brunch is unbelievable. Their uh, breakfast pizza is so good. So please, go check out the Banco Cinema Pub. It's worth the people that swore down to Dunk. Also, if you're looking for a good time at Blue Garden, go check it out. It's a great place to go spend some time outside with friends they have a great bar out there. They're going to have all kinds of food trucks. So if you have wanted to get food from a food truck in OKC and you like, I don't know where they are, they're always going to be at Blue Garden. They always choose the best food trucks. They have to filter them out so it's not just going to be anybody wants to show up. Uh, they have to be good. And so you can go there, get food from the food truck, hang out with friends, go check out their bar. Uh, it's just a great hangout spot. Uh, during the summertime. So, support the people that support Down to Dunk. And go check out Blue Garden. Okay, Alex. Top five right. reasons that you hate the rest trade.
1: Yes, because honestly, a, a week ago, I was just too shell-shocked. I just couldn't, I couldn't think about it. But now I've had a week to think about it. And honestly, just thinking about it for a week, I thought it had been longer than that. Because so I was like, what did I say on last Wednesday's pod about this trade? And then I realized it hadn't even happened
0: yet. <laughs> it's not even been a week. It's been it's it's the happened. longest week of my life. It's been five days. Somebody, yes, or I guess it's been six days. Somebody the other day was like, why has Chris Paul not been traded yet? It has been so long. <laughs> and I, my only tweet back to him was, it's been four days. The trade hasn't hey, even yeah. finalized
1: yet. <laughs> I get it though. I get it. We're in this like weird time vortex. Yeah, we're after the rush trade. After the PG trade, I guess everything just slowed down, mm-hmm. and it feels like we are crawling towards the preseason. <laughs> okay, number five. Why I hate the rush trade because Presty bailed out Mori again. <laughs> okay, I, I, I really do believe this, and I don't like it. You know, first of all, he bailed him out the first time, obviously with the hardened trade back in 2012. Houston was stuck in mediocrity, okay? They were coming off three straight seasons without making the playoffs. They had no star. They were sort of like last year's Clippers. They had no player with a PR over 20. Okay, so I want to read off the the, the Rockets roster from that season because there were some guys on it. None of them were very good at the time. They didn't make the playoffs. But
0: former or
1: current NBA champion Kyle Lowry – Kevin Martin.
0: Lauer, people forget Lowry played for the Rockets.
1: Yeah. Shot 40% from the field. Kevin Martin, <laughs> former OKC Thunder man. Luis Scola. You got Courtney Lee, who we've always been trying to get on our team. Chandler Parsons. Goran Dragic. Marcus Camby. Patrick Patterson. Two pat. Samuel Dalembert. Remember him? <laughs> Your favorite, Earl Boinkins. Oh, yeah. Was on that team. Johnny Flynn was on that team. Marcus Morris was on that team. Hashim Thabit was on that team. It's just a crazy roster. But anyways, Sam bailed Maury out. Because you think about Maury's legacy. I mean, he was always considered a smart GM before them. But the team really wasn't successful. And I think once we look back at Maury's career as a GM, it will be defined by Sam Presti. Like, Sam Presti gave him his career with these two trades. And the reason I say this, this trade, and why, why include this trade is because look at this summer, look at everything that was going wrong with the rockets. They had the CP three Harden drama, which they were denying. Mm-hmm. Daryl more was being real frisky about it. They have all the stuff going with Dan which still hasn't been resolved. They had the report that they were going to be super aggressive and going to put everyone on the trade block except James Harden. And then they took that back and said, Oh, we love our starting five. You had the, the press conference with Tillman Fertitta and, and Maury behind him looking disheveled like he had been in a cave for the past month and just and Fertitta just finally let him see the light of day. There was so much stuff. Oh, and the Jimmy Butler failed pursuit, all of that stuff. Like they didn't and even I, get a meeting with him. They didn't even get a meeting. They were having a terrible summer. And by the mm. way, you and I were both about to pick them to, to, to be first place in the West if they just stand, stayed put. I was going to. I'm not now, but I was going to. Yeah, I was going to as well. Anyways, it was a terrible summer, and I just feel like he totally got bailed out because now everyone seems to be back on his side. He got two MVPs. He ends the summer with two MVPs who are friends. Not everyone, by the way. Not everyone, but a lot of people are at least Some people, him
0: the- some people with loud voices that happen to be very good friends with Daryl Morey.
1: Yeah, but here's the deal with Daryl Morey. Even when he makes a questionable deal, everyone says, well, you got to at least give him the benefit of the doubt. That's what they, everyone said last summer when they, gave, when they signed Mello and Chris and all those guys. Like, well, this doesn't make any sense, but you got, you got to give more the benefit of the doubt. He's done it before. and I feel like that's happening right now. That's my number five reason, Andrew.
0: Have you heard what, by the way, have you heard what Ben Gulliver has said? No, what did he say? He said the moment that he saw the trade, he said Harden's run with the Rockets is over. Man, see, I mean I don't get that. He said it's all over. I mean, maybe. This is I mean, it's classic Westbrook though. Classic Westbrook analysis. Where like people are all over the map. Like there's no general consensus on this trade. You either love it or you hate it. I don't see anybody that's just like, yeah, should be pretty good. You know, you have people saying things like, oh, Westbrook's a top you know, 15 player in the NBA. He's going to really help raise the ceiling of this team. I just can't believe that they got him. Or you have people saying like, Westbrook's going to destroy this team like he did the Thunder.
1: Yeah, man, I, I feel like I'm ending up in the middle. I, I think they're going to be good. You think they're going to be like
0: pretty good? like Yeah. Like four or five seed, maybe make the second round? Uh, I, pretty yeah, good. I'd,
1: I'd go even higher. But oh, we'll talk about that later in the summer.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, my, my number four reason, this is more of a personal reason, Andrew, is my. this trade forced me to realize that not everyone watches the Thunder the same way that I do. It forced me to confront that fact. And I'll say off the top, like there's no wrong way to be a fan Okay, you can be a fan any way you want. But there's definitely a spectrum of fandom that goes from team-centric fandom to player-centric fandom. And and you and I both know this. Like When I was in elementary school and middle school, my two favorite players were Jerry Rice and Alex Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. And as a result, I was a fan of the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Mariners. And eventually, at some point, Alex Rodriguez went to Texas and Jerry Rice went to the Raiders or something. And all of a sudden, I was like, wait, why am I – where is Seattle? Why am I rooting for Seattle? (laughs) Why am I doing this? So I get it. I mean, I was an elementary school kid, but I totally get it. And the same with you with Shaq. I mean, I think you stayed a Lakers fan, but you also followed him to all of his next destinations.
0: Yeah, yeah, I did.
1: So I get it. And then there was this article yesterday from Bloomberg that uh, you should go read about the rise of the quote, fluid fans. So, these fans that just kind of like pass in and out of teams. Like, I had this guy on Twitter message me. He's from New Zealand. And he was saying, you know, if they trade Russ and Steven Adams, like, I'm sorry, but I'm not a Thunder fan anymore. And at first, my my natural reaction would just to lash out at this gentleman, <laughs> which luckily I didn't do because the more I thought about it, I was like, this guy lives in New Zealand. Like, who who does he care about Oklahoma City right? like if his dude isn't on Oklahoma City, he's just gonna wake up one day and like I have no idea where Oklahoma City is. like what are we even talking about? Why am I doing this? Yeah <laughs> so like I I get it, but it just forced me to realize that and and maybe it's because I'm older but I'm just like ready to settle down like I can't identify with player centric, rooting anymore mm-hmm. like i need i need my home base you know i don't want to find a new blog and a new podcast you're like i'm thunder for life at this point as much to do about me just being old
0: and lazy <laughs> and not wanting to follow these
1: guys to every other
0: team well and also like westbrook's like toward the end of his career you know it's true yeah and so like it's it's kind of like following shack after miami yeah. You know. Like you knew like when you went to Miami like he's still going to be a force. And they could win the title with him and they did. Uh but then when he got dealt to the Suns you were like, "Okay. Like he's still good, obviously a good productive player, but like what's going to happen here?" Yeah. You know. That's I I feel like that's still the kind of feeling around around this is that Westbrook his kind of Miami stint has been the time that after Durant was traded, you know. Right. So.
1: Yeah. So that, that was a tough realization for me. But I don't, I've come around on it. Like I don't, I don't begrudge anyone for rooting the way they want to root. Yeah. You know, if you want to root for the Rockets, that's fine. That's fine. I just don't. There's I'm just going to mute you. <laughs> there's people
0: that are going to do it. That you're going to, when you come back to Oklahoma City, you're going to see some Rockets jerseys. No, don't say town. that.
1: No. That's not true. I'll say that. <laughs> uh my my uh third reason for hating the rush trade is kind of just finally taking in the CP CP three contract. Yeah. We knew it was bad. Yeah. We did. Bad. We talked about how bad it was when I was making fun of Houston. Really just getting some jollies, having some jollies about that one. And now we own it. And honestly, I, I've i been surprised at the backlash towards CP3 among among the Thunder community. I mean, I don't particularly like Chris Paul, I, but I don't have a strong animosity towards him. Like, if he played for the Thunder, the only thing I wouldn't like about it is that he'd be taking minutes from SGA.
0: Yeah.
1: But I, I personally, I just don't have a lot of animosity towards Chris Paul. I totally get why people do. He is very whiny and he flops and everything. But I feel like... Most Thunder fans feel the way about Chris Paul that I do, just about the Rockets in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so that part of it, I'm like, whatever. But the contract, I do think, is an issue, and it's really hard to evaluate this trade until we see what happens with that deal.
0: It is, yeah, certainly. It's a huge, <laughs> it's a huge contract. Yeah, it goes for a long time, and, and- yeah.
1: I've gotten to the place with a potential Miami trade. This is my – oh actually, it's not my proposal. Let me make sure I I give credit to this person. But – oh, my gosh. Can you hear Hank? Oh, yeah. He's going crazy today. (laughs) He's really upset that I woke him up so early. (laughs) Um, There was a Thunder fan. Oh, here he is. Pizza Face Jake.
0: Pizza Face Jake.
1: (laughs) A.K.A. J-Bob. So his basic idea – was that you're giving Miami both of their picks back, which they want, but you're asking back the 2022 unprotected pick. Yeah. So all you're really doing is giving back a lottery-protected pick because the 2023 pick is probably one of the worst picks that we own currently because it is Mm lottery-protected. 2021 is great because it's unprotected. So what if you just gave back both? And all you asked was to shift that one a year later. One, to get more out of range of Jimmy Butler's prime. And then two, because of the double draft. Mm -hmm. I honestly would be fine with that. If that's all that happened. So we're actually giving up a pick. I, I think that's where this could end up and I would be fine with it.
0: Yeah. I mean, if they get that pick, it's well worth it. Yeah.
1: But... I don't know if that's going to happen and I'm scared. <laughs> I, I I really don't want him to take minutes from SGA. I just want a fresh start with SGA. Yeah. I just want to let SGA do his thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, and Chris might play for the Thunder for a little while. They may have to wait till December 15th to get leverage. You know, cuz we all know that the Knicks are not going to be good and they're probably going to get the itch to get somebody, which is just what the Knicks do. And you could say, "Hey, we'll take on you know some of these two year guys that you've signed unnecessarily, um, and you can give us back you know some kind of future draft pick like way in the future. You don't even have to worry about it because you won't, who knows like what's going to happen down the line, but like a twenty twenty two or twenty twenty four you know Knicks pick is extremely valuable." Um. And so you could probably talk them into that, you know. So if you have to you know wait the- till December 15th, it's not the worst thing in the world. But I think you'd prefer to just get a deal done with Miami sooner than later.
1: Yeah, that'd be nice. The, the team that I keep hearing brought up that just like is so confusing to me is the Timberwolves. Yeah. Why is it confusing to you? I just, what's the, what are they doing? They're just- is that their only option to bring in like a decent player, a 34-year-old point guard to pair with their like 24-year-old star?
0: <laughs> I don't know it, I mean, they're not going to make the playoffs this year, right? So it's like feels like another wasted year for them. Yeah,
1: but are they going to make the playoffs in 3 years with a 37-year-old Chris Paul? Um, I don't know. Probably not. I just I mean, I think their first choice, obviously, was D'Angelo Russell, and that's probably still their first choice. And if they can work out a deal with the Warriors, I'm assuming that's where they're going to go. Yeah. I don't know what that deal would look like. I really hope that the Warriors wouldn't get Robert Covington. But um, yeah, I just, I don't buy that one. Um, And so looking at the teams, like outside of Miami, I don't know. I guess people have mentioned the Spurs, which I think makes sense if you forget about Deontay Murray and how excited they are about him.
0: Yeah, I don't know why they would do that.
1: That, that would be weird to me. Um, Dallas, maybe. maybe. Yeah, I've thought
0: about Dallas. What? So, would if you're the Timberwolves, would you do Chris Paul for Jeff Teague, uh, Gorgu Jang, and uh, some small salary? No. Why? Why would they do that? Because they're ready to compete now,
1: man. They're not. They're ready. And also, they have a new GM. I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. If, if it was the old GM, but I, everyone seems to think that Gerson Rosas is a very smart guy. hmm Yeah, that's Do you really want to lock up that much of your cap in Andrew Wiggins and Chris Paul? That'd be like oh, almost $60 million. <laughs> And just those two guys. Oh, man. And meanwhile, oh, wow. Gorgie's deal goes another two years. Yeah. Wow, that's bad. It's bad. Man, oh, man. That's worse. That, wait, so that was a 2016 deal. I thought all of those were expiring this no. year. No. Nope. Oh, wow. Oh, I mean, I guess Steven Adams was a 2016 deal. hmm Whew, baby. Um, yeah, are there any other teams that jump out at you? I don't – like obviously the, the Lakers, he would like to play for them. I don't see the way that could ever happen.
0: Yeah, I don't see that one just because it's really hard to get $38 million <laughs> yeah. in salaries together.
1: Now, the, the one idea I did like from uh, uh, Mikey – Mikey actually shared it with me – is instead of a buyout – you basically just ask Chris Paul to lower his guarantee on the th- on the third year. So if you can make the last year like 20 million guaranteed.
0: Good luck. Good luck. Whatever it is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. just saying if if that helps facilitate a trade. Yeah. And and he really wants to get out. Like at some point he's stuck here
0: the so president of the Players no Association. I just don't see him doing something like that.
1: Yeah, well, everyone hates him. Did you hear that? Yeah. Shocker. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> Of course everybody hates him. But I I just don't see that happening. People probably I mean, hate him more if he gives up money. You're like, oh, you fight for all this money, then you give it up? I don't know. Uh, what do you think about the Tim Hardaway and Courtney Lee for Chris Paul, just straight up?
1: Yeah, I mean I don't like that move for the Mavs, but I I wouldn't rule it out for them. Um because they're still not going to have space next summer. Yeah. If I if I remember correctly. So they're kind of now looking at like 3 years down the road in terms of when they can add another big piece. And at that point, Chris Paul would be an expiring you could probably move them. I don't know. That's a huge expiring, but there's going to be huge expirings in the future.
0: Mm -hmm. I think that makes
1: the Mavs like,
0: like that puts them in the mix.
1: Yeah. I mean, one thing I'll say about Chris Paul is I, I feel like I'm Bill Simmons. Uh, He is underrated. (laughs) 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 He is. Yes. Yes. Okay. I do feel like we've, we've, all underrated him at this point because we're only looking at him as an asset.
0: Yeah. If yeah, you look yeah.
1: at his stats without James Harden, like that dude's still there. He's still there. The 2010 guy is there. He's still good. He, would be, yeah. he would be great on a lot of teams, including Detroit, which man, they would be the perfect Chris Paul team if they didn't have Blake Griffin. <laughs> that was, that was one I really wanted. I'm trying to think if any of these other ones make sense. I don't, there's just, there's not a lot that makes sense to me.
0: No, the combination of needing a point guard and wanting to compete today is rare. Yeah. I, I think Dallas and Miami make the most sense to me. As far as teams that could go for it and have guys that could, they could give back to Oklahoma City that aren't necessarily helping them get to where they want to go today. And it helps OKC just break up his salary. And, you know, you don't even have to get an asset back in the trade because you've already gotten the assets. You just need to get off the contract now. But I would not be shocked if Sam Presti ended up with an asset. Like, I just wouldn't be. I don't think that you can you can be surprised by that. I mean, he got I wish- he got assets back when he dealt away those expiring contracts and Cameron Payne and he got back two good players and, like, a really good second-round pick. I mean, I just wouldn't be surprised.
1: I I wish we could hear more reporting, like, inside the Miami Heat walls to know if they're, like, bummed out about not getting Russ. Yeah. Because it just seems weird to me that they wouldn't be bummed out because now their best option is 34-year-old Chris Paul on this massive contract. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I almost don't get that. I don't even get that move for them. Like, I kind of understood the rust because he's on, he's Jimmy's age. They would have the exact same length of contract. You basically have this four year window, try to build around those guys on the margins, which they've been really good with guys on the margins these last four years. Like, that always made sense to me. And this does feel like a pretty significant step down. To the point point where I'm thinking, like, would I rather just have a ton of cap space in two summers and be Miami and be able to attract a potential free agent to pair up with Jimmy Butler, who's younger? Like, I I don't know. I do feel like they missed a good opportunity with Russ.
0: Yeah. And I think that they just, they clearly just were not going to give up their young guys for him. That was just not going to happen. I mean, the trade that people kept proposing. Was just not on the table, you know. From the Heat to the Thunder, like it was just yeah. not going to happen. And so, if you are the Thunder, like you are not going to do the deal, and like Goran Dragic should be the best asset you get back, you know, like that that was not going to happen. Like if if the Thunder didn't already have the Heat's picks, then I think that they could have done something, but they've already got it. Right. And so, like you are not going to do the deal for Goran Dragic and Kelly Olenek and Dion Waiters, you know, for Russ. But you might do that for Chris Paul, you know. And if you're the if you're the Heat and you have a defined window around Jimmy Butler, like how much longer is Jimmy Butler going to be elite? I don't I don't know how to answer, yeah, how to even answer that question, but I don't think it's a, a super long time. And so, to put a a guard next to him that's good, like and a lot of people aren't really talking about this, but Chris Paul is a good defender even still today. Like he can defend. And that's and that's something that we all know. Russ just hadn't really cared about, you know, since his UCLA days. You know, he'll have spurts where he'll defend, but overall in the regular season, he's a minus defender, and so is James Harden. And so that that fit in itself is a little. I'd be a little bit concerned if I were a Rockets fan with that. Offensively, they're going to do a lot of crazy things. I think they're going to be really fun offensively, but defensively. You know it's a big step down from, you know Chris Paul to Russ, uh, and if you're Miami, like he's Chris Paul's, like he's a Miami guy. I feel like he's gonna, he's going to defend. Uh, I think he's going to help Jimmy Butler, and if you're the if you're the Heat, you you don't have to give up all that much to make it happen.
1: Yeah, and so I'm having I you know I'm obviously going through this list of why I hate the trade, but ultimately it probably came down to something as simple as we can get first-round picks that are lightly protected from Houston. Yes, we're taking back this worst contract, but the, the pressure to move Russ is a lot greater. And, and not only the pressure to move him, but the pressure to move him somewhere where he wants to go. Yeah. And so now they have this worst contract, which, yes, I don't like having the CP3 contract around, but it's not like they owe CP3 anything and ultimately like they don't have a ton of pressure like they're not really trying to contend right now so it's not i mean we, you would like to not have that 37 million on your books but it's not like they're filling it with someone else really great right now so it's okay for them and that's why i i don't know if it ends up in that's why i think that partial buyout idea isn't crazy because Chris Paul isn't going to spend the rest of his career in Oklahoma City, right?
0: Right? No, he he's right. not. He's not going to spend a, a a full season with them if he plays for them at all. And so, if as
1: we've talked about, there's just not a lot of suitors that make sense. Like at some point, there's some breaking point where he just decides, I I just want to go somewhere else. How can I help facilitate this? And maybe it's only taking like ten million off that final year player option. I don't know, but something's going to happen. And well, I do feel like, OKC okay, so has good leverage with him right now.
0: Yeah, they do. And I think I, th- I also have to take in like the player power element of this. Like if Jimmy Butler wants Chris Paul on the team and Chris Paul is in his ear, like, Hey man, like you gotta make this happen. This is what we could do in the Eastern conference. You know, they're, There comes a point where that matters, and that means something. Clearly, because I don't think that this Westbrook deal gets done if James Harden isn't in the ear of Rockets management. Like, I don't think they do it. I really don't.
1: that is true. I I, I believe that.
0: And so, I don't know if that's a thing. I don't know if Jimmy Butler even cares if Chris Paul is on his team. (laughs) I have no clue. But if he does, if that's what he wants then the Heat probably find a way to, to facilitate a trade with the Thunder. And maybe no picks get exchanged and they just give back Goran Dragic and whoever else they want. Um, but I think that deal makes sense for both sides. So, I don't know. And also, St. Preston is like, he's a very good negotiator, especially in moments like this. Um, and so, I would not be shocked uh, to see... To see Sam, you know, do a, a decent deal or even get back something that people are like, what? Yeah. Like, how did he How did he do that? Uh, because I feel like that's what we've said all along. I mean, people were saying like you have to give up some of the picks that you got from the Paul George trade to get rid of Russell. He's like, no, I'll get two additional and two pick swaps. You know, and I don't think if if you put out like what's Paul George's trade value. I don't think you get anywhere close to what the Thunder got, you know? So I just, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with Chris Paul. I would be happy with just a dead, even salary cap swap where you just get guys that have, you know, even two years left on their deal. That is just kind of broke. The salary is broken up. I mean, I think that's a win for the Thunder, but if you can get back an asset, I mean, even better, but, my expectation is is low and you might even have to give up denver's pick in the deal or one of the miami picks in the deal you don't yeah. have to give up one i wouldn't be i wouldn't go over one and and apparently sam when they say you need to give us our picks back he said i'll give you one back but you need to you need to give me one back that's later that's what right. Bar- Brian windhorse is reporting and so and the thunder are going just going to sit back like they have there's no rush they have no reason to to rush to get this done because they're not trying to be good this year they're trying to build for the future and the fact is like miami is trying to be good this year they got jimmy butler and to some extent they have to prove it to him that they're trying to get better because what they have around him is not great you know who's the second best player on miami is it just Uh. is it justice winslow uh, yeah, I think it is. <laughs> like, and he's like pretty good. He's not a great player. Like, he's not a guy that could make an all star team. You know, Chris Paul could possibly make the all star team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah.
1: That's,
0: I mean, that's true. That's like a real thing. And if uh, you're in Miami and you say we have two all stars, that's something. The Thunder, we've been saying it. We've got two all stars. And it felt like it felt good to say it. And Miami could do that.
1: Uh, I should correct myself. Chris Paul's final year is not a player option. It's fully guaranteed 44 mil yeah. in 21-22. Um yeah, so that's that was number three. That was number three reason why I hate the rush trade. Number two, Andrew, the pro-rust sentiments coming from the national media. <laughs> we we've been we've been waiting for this for years. When no. will you finally recognize our young man and how good he's doing. Right. And finally it happens, and it's not across the board, but you have heard it. Which one hurts the most? It's more just people taking like a lighter tact. Like they're just, uh, they're looking on the bright side of Russ, which they never would have done for years and years and years. Right. It was always glass half empty with Russ, and now it's glass half full. You know, he does. He's still pretty athletic, you know. He's... (laughs) He does fit on James Harden's timeline a little better. He always goes all out. He always plays so hard. You know, we make fun of his rebounds, but those rebounds are important. <laughs> I'm just, oh, it makes me so angry.
0: It's awful. Which one do you hate the most?
1: Um, I mean, Simmons is the most obvious, and they even made light of it because Zach Lowe said, like, you were part of building up this, <laughs> like, underratedness. Yeah. Like, this, you did this. Yeah. And uh, and it's true, but yeah, man, people are just flipping, and everyone's flipping. This trade is insane, and this is why. Going back to my original point, like Miami was always too simple. Like this is this is the perfect rush trade, <laughs> the most divisive thing ever that turns fans against fans of their own team.
0: It is so divisive.
1: Turns Russ haters into like Russ appreciators, like, ah, yeah, ah. you know, like. No one's going crazy, but then and then five thirty eight comes out yesterday and ranks the Rockets like definitively the number one team in the league.
0: Oh, really? Which,
1: yeah, they're like the big analytics website. It's like, what is going what on? Is did you change your algorithm? Like <laughs> now it appreciates triple doubles. That's all they did. They just went into their little code, said, okay, triple doubles are good now, <laughs> and then it spit out the Rockets being the best.
0: Yeah. And I and I you have to believe that Daryl's just drives this ship, you know, or I guess steers this ship, right? To a large yeah. degree, like he's their friend. He tweets, like he's he does podcasts. Yes, yeah. I mean he went to Mike D'Antonio and Was like, hey, you need to go get on a podcast and talk about how great this is. Yeah, I mean, he. He controls a lot of this stuff, and you know controls the opinion like where do you, do you think Bill Simmons came up with on his own that uh Russell Westbrook's a top twelve player?
1: You know, I did think that was weird uh that just out of the blue he's calling him a top twelve player.
0: He didn't come up with that on his own. <laughs> I'm telling you that. <laughs> I just <laughs> – yeah. but, but th- yes,
1: this is one of the reasons – because these are like the unintended consequences of this trade. And these are the things I was – when people were getting mad at me because they were like, why don't you support Russ anymore? And I was like, it's not about supporting Russ. Like I, I don't wish Russ an injury. I don't want him to get hurt. Like I, I still want him to play very well. But the unintended consequences of this is people are going to be like using all of this Russ love as weapons against us now. Mm-hmm. Going forward, and using this opportunity
0: to just talk more trash on OKC. Right. Which is a, a fun pastime for a lot of these guys.
1: It is a fun pastime. It's really fun, Andrew. I said this in my right. dream
0: team pod. My least favorite thing that's been said so far is that Sam Presti should leave the Thunder to go be the GM for the Wizards. And I just about threw my phone out the window. Yeah. And that's weird too because. Every smart person says, like,
1: this is what GMs actually want to do. Like, yes, they would love to have that, like, championship year like Masai just did. Yeah. But what they really want is when it's just, like, all open and they have, like, every path open to them and they can just think about all these different scenarios and they have all these picks at their disposal. Like, this is really the dream GM scenario right now. You think it was fun trying to find, like, a... Backup point guard three years ago when he was looking at Samaj Kristen. You think that was
0: fun? Do you think it's fun showing up at the doorstep of Mike Mascala at midnight? Yeah.
1: Yeah. You think he enjoys that? No, there's this is no what way. He enjoys. This is like probably the best he's felt since like 2009.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, cr- I mean, it's just crazy. If you want uh, some of the worst takes on the Thunder in existence, go, uh, check out the jump from a few days ago when Dave david was on
1: check out the internet
0: <laughs> but the the jump was on a different level they were like you know the thunder have nothing to show for this era it was that take yeah it yeah. was you know sam presti he'll never like he can't win there he has an owner that won't pay the luxury tax when he said that i would just about just lost it i was like everybody's been complaining about how much money the thunder have been spending the <laughs> three years like where have you been i mean you can't have it both ways you can't say like i can't believe the thunder are paying so much for this team and then when they get under the luxury tax say they have an owner that won't pay the luxury tax you can't say that like that's not a thing i mean it's just flat out wrong like it's just i can't believe the the amount of people that get to be on tv that get to say their opinions on things that are just factually wrong
1: yeah, and, and people, the, the downplaying of OKC's accomplishments, like I guarantee you that will not happen if the Rockets don't win a championship in the next couple of years. Right. I guarantee people won't be saying, wow, Houston has nothing to show for it. You know, they'll, they'll just be talking about, oh, Daryl Morey is such a good GM candidate.
0: The, the <laughs> rec- they recently fired Daryl Morey. <laughs> right. I mean, you're right, because it'll be the same thing for Houston whenever James Harden's career is over. If they don't win a title, like they should be saying the same stuff like they have nothing to show for it but it's just fun like the thunder are just treated a little bit differently they and aren't. it's 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 maddening to to watch and to to be a part of because they they and I, it sounds like a like butthurt fan like to say they're covered differently but like no one talks about other teams like that and says you know their gm should just go ahead and leave Go to a team that hasn't been good ever. Like they've never won 50 games. Like they've won 50 games since like the seventies. And like you want, you think that he should go to that team? I mean, give me a break. I mean, it's just bad. It's just, it's just stupid. And also like the Stephen A. Smith stuff where he's like, yeah, he should get a buyout from the Thunder. Like the CBA actually says you can't do that. You can't have more than 15% of your cap as dead weight. And so the Thunder can't buy him out. Like they have to trade him if he's not going to be on the Thunder. And now you have tons of people that just that's what they consume. They consume television, they consume big national media saying things like the Thunder should buy out Chris Paul when it's not even an option that's on the table. And so like he's just out there spewing nonsense as as well as Dave McMinnin. Like they're just they don't know a lot about Oklahoma City and that's okay, but don't act like you know a lot. Don't act like you know don't spew out these takes that are not factual and just not, not even an option. I mean, he even said David Miniman didn't even know the rule that Chris Paul, he said, well, Chris Paul can't be traded until December 15th per the collective bargaining agreement. And then they had to go to break. And then after break, he was like, oh yeah, I was told during the break that, that you can't do that. You're on TV, dude. You've got to know those are simple rules that everybody knows. Like there's There are people out there Thunder fans out there on Twitter that have regular jobs that are just doing regular stuff that know those rules. Like, you have to know those rules.
1: I thought you were joking when you said the Wizards hadn't won 50 games since the 70s, but uh, it's, it's factual.
0: That is correct. It's true. <laughs> I, 1978. I, I, I know my facts, and I'm spewing them out right now. I'm just. Some of this stuff is just so stupid. It's just actually stupid.
1: Um, all right, are you ready for my number one reason? I'm ready. Number one reason for hating the Russ trade is the pro R- Russ sentiments from Rockets fans.
0: Oh, it's awful. So, oh.
1: Last oh. night, we they, the trade was announced. It's official. We saw pictures of Russ in a Rockets jersey. We saw that—I don't even know what it was an image of, but it said, I'm with Russ, with the, the R of Russ being the Rockets logo, yeah. which, by the way, that's they're playing off of the— 2016 Hillary Clinton campaign slogan, right? <laughs> I'm with her. The, they were like, hey, remember that time when everyone that everyone's really nostalgic for the 2016 presidential <laughs> election? Remember that great time? Why don't we call back to that? Would
0: that be fun? Hey, they're calling back the loser, which I think is the position that they'll eventually be in. So, sure. man. If I just
1: did not get that at all. And. You know, looking at all this stuff, it reminds me of a type of person for that for the first time I can sort of identify with them, which is which are the people that like freak out when their childhood uh, media productions change. So like, do you know about like the not my Star Wars people? These are Uh, guys who like Star Wars was their favorite movie when they were eight. And now they're they're 35 years old and there's a woman holding a lightsaber and that like just ruins their lives. They just freak out. They're like, oh, George Lucas would never let this happen. Women are not allowed to hold lightsabers. This is not my Star Wars. You know those guys? Or like when, I, I actually when,
0: don't, but now I do.
1: They're real, and they do it for everything. It's like when Miles Morales was announced as the new Spider-Man. This was like 10, this was probably a decade ago. It's like, yeah. that is not my Spider-Man. <laughs> Peter Parker is white. I do not know who that man is. And like for the first time, I could identify with these losers because I was like, that is not my Russ. Russ does not wear Rockets jerseys. I do not recognize that man.
0: No, man. There's like a small part of me that is like starting to turn on Russ a little bit. And like, I don't really want it to happen. But seeing him in the Rockets jersey, like it's just almost just like my natural impulse, which is like. I see. I see him in the Rockets jersey. My first thought is like, he's never gonna cut off ball, you know, <laughs> which is probably not fair to Russell, but like that's just like how I feel about it, you know. Like he's not gonna defend or cut off ball, and he's gonna he's gonna have these frustration fouls that are gonna drive you up the wall. Like good luck with him, you know. But like clearly, I know like how great Russ is, and I feel it's a weird feeling because I feel like the closer that I got. To the team, and I didn't get all that close, but I got closer than most fans get. Like the more like I was, o- I'm okay with trading Russell Westbrook. You know, um, right? Because you can just see like it was just not gonna work in OKC. Like it just wasn't. Like the future of Russ and OKC was not gonna be good for him or for the Thunder. And the changes that they'd have to make to to get there, which I just don't think were possible.
1: Yeah, yeah. There, there, I mean, there's going to be a lot, depending on how this goes, there's going to be a lot of looking back at how OKC built around him, which is going to leave out a lot of the context, which is that OKC had to build around him on the fly right. when Kevin Durant left for nothing. Right. And that significantly
0: changed how easy that process was going to be. It changed everything. They're the title favorite if Kevin Durant comes back. Yeah. I mean that that is a real thing, and the Warriors don't create this dynasty. I mean, it changed everything about Russell. Um, He doesn't get an MVP. Russ does not get an MVP, but you know, Russ becomes like a championship caliber point guard then, which is something that I don't think a lot of people have said.
1: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, this season is going to be fascinating. I really just want it to start because I can't do another. Gosh, it's like three months. Is that really how long it is? August, September, October. Yeah, we're like th- exactly three months away from the start. So. <laughs> I know, man. Ninety
0: days. It's a while. It'll be here. Yes. It'll be here quick. But there's a lot. There's still a lot to unpack with all this stuff. I feel like there's still a ton to unpack with Russ. There's still a, a lot to unpack with this Thunder team. They're not done. Like the Thunder aren't going to be done yet. One, they're not. One, they guaranteed Abdul Nader's contract. Two, they're not under the luxury tax yet. And they don't have to be until season's end. I get that. But I think that they would like to get there sooner than later. I don't think that they want to go into the season paying this much for this team. You know? Right. So some deals will be made. Um, I think Steven will stick around. I don't know about Andre. I think if they could trade Tupac's contract to somebody, they would love to do that. Um, I think if they could trade Chris Paul's contract, they would love to do that. Um, And they're going to be looking for value for Gallinari. You know, when Gallinari, um, maybe if he can be aggregated with another player, or if they can find a team that's like, yeah, we're gonna we need to go for it now, and they offer up a first round pick for him, they're gonna say, yep, thanks a lot, Gallinari. So, uh, okay, Alex, thanks for coming on the show today. We'll follow you on Twitter at albabycakes. you can follow me on Twitter at AndrewKSchlect. Follow our podcast at DownToDunk. Leave us a five-star iTunes review if you've got time. It's super easy. Go to the Purple Podcast app, click the search button, type in Down to Dunk, and then hit five stars. And if you want to leave a message, that's great. I've had some really awesome messages left. There's been a lot of people leaving reviews lately. That's uh, a free way to support our show. Also, if you uh, have a local Oklahoma City company or if you have uh, a national company, we would love to help you out um, with a sponsorship. Um, We're at the point where we can be mutually beneficial to different businesses. And so we would love to uh, have you as a sponsor. So if you have interest in that, email me, dtdpodcast at gmail.com, or you can DM me, Andrew K. Schlecht on Twitter. So we'd appreciate that. You guys have a great Wednesday, and we'll talk to you guys again on Friday morning.